Welcome to the Meteor Podcast, a weekly news show about what's going on in the media community. This episode is for Friday, February 13th, 2015. This week's episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They are the single best hosting option available for Meteor right now. Go to Modulus.io and check them out. They offer a marketplace. They offer your Mongo databases. It's very easy to integrate with other Mongo databases. They offer WebSocket support with sticky sessions. They do everything right for your Meteor app. I use them for everything that I'm doing. I would highly recommend you use them as well. Modulus.io. Our next sponsor is Compose. They offer production-grade database hosting for all your Meteor apps. They have a great option called Elastic Deploy, which allows you to easily turn on the Oplog-enabled Mongo database that your application needs for scaling to large amounts of users. I use it for Crater and uh, any other production apps that I'm doing. I highly recommend it. You should check them out, compose.io. Not only do they do Mongo, but they also have Postgres and Redis and Rethink and all kinds of options. So again, check them out, compose.io. Welcome, Meteor fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Ryan Walker. Back this week. Yep. Nice. This week, I was actually looking at the podcast reviews today. We have like 18 in there. It's a little little saddened. Someone said we're we're boring and gave us a two-star review. <laughs> so were they. <laughs> <laughs> they said they wish there was more substance to this show. So I guess we're done. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. Like some people have told me um, they wish we'd go deeper on some of the topics, but... Yeah, they like to hear our opinions. So we'll try to give those more. So this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Blaze, something that Slava posted just last night. Uh, we're going to talk about Meteor Cluster, Query Chain, Meteor Promise, a lot of packages this week, Cucumber, why you should use it, and a little bonus story. Usually we do five, but this time we're going to do six. Uh, we're going to talk about the the second part of the Building a SaaS with Meteor, which is a Stripe tutorial. The Blaze stuff that Slava put up is all about indexing. I'm sure you've done this, right? Right, Like where you want to know like which which number in the array you are? Have you yeah. ever tried to do that? Yep, yep. Yeah, and this is like, it was a basic handlebars thing, but it was never part of spacebars. And I don't think they ever imported the version of handlebars that had the index turned on. The explanation I always got was that it was hard to hard to re, rerun the index anytime reactivity changed a bunch of things. So that, that was why they said they weren't going to do it. But now it looks like they are. Yep. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's impossible, right? <laughs> true, true. So the video is short. It's 53 seconds. There's no sound to it. Come on, Slava. You can do sound. <laughs> he did speed it up a little bit, but uh, you, you can see it working. Like he, he runs an each over a loop. And I don't know. I'm kind of excited about this. I hope this drops in the next version of Meteor for sure. Yeah, it's a nice little thing that you eventually want. And it's nice that it's there now. I think we've made like an each with index type helper or i forget what the hack we would do but I've, I've definitely hacked this before but i haven't done it recently enough that i remember how we did it honestly i don't think we've done it since blaze mm, okay yeah so. <laughs> that might be true so yeah yep. yep so that's a nice one good all right next topic we'll jump over to meteor cluster performance 
test. Yeah, so I, I did spend quite a bit of time last night on this one. Uh, I think, was this yesterday that he posted this? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February 12th. Yeah, it was yesterday. All right, so Aranota, um, you know, he, re- he released Cluster maybe a week ago or so. I don't remember when that was either. But Yeah, we talked about it last week a little bit. Okay. He's basically done some testing to figure out how a cluster of Meteor servers using Cluster, which means they're all acting as their own load balancer, perform versus a, a single instance. And with the hope that, you know, as you add more servers, the performance versus the control, which is, you know, a single server running, uh, doesn't degrade very much. And his test basically shows that there is a little bit of degradation, like, you know, maybe 7 10%, something like that. But that as you keep adding servers, that kind of holds true. And now he went from 1 to 3 to 5 to 10. You know, I'm curious to see what happens if you go to 50 or 500, you know, if there's some other problems at, at even higher levels. But, you know, with 10 servers, he's basically showing that you can handle 25,000. This is like concurrent subscriptions, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I I left something in the comments because it was a little confusing. Like, you see one server is able to handle 2,700 connections, right? And then the subsequent test, he says they're able to handle 2,500 connections. But the thing that wasn't readily obvious when I read the article was that that was each server handling, you know, 2,500 connections. So, you're right. At at 10 servers, he's handling 25,000, you know, concurrent users, Across those. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know. I would never let a single server try to deal with 2,500 concurrent connections in the wild, would you? If you? Would you let that be the case? Well, I think, right, like, you want to be able to deliver a quality experience to the user, but at the same time, like, minimize your hosting costs. That's always a concern for... When I was working at Outright, like, our our entire team mandate was to cut our server costs by, like you know, a dollar per user. It doesn't sound like a lot, but that, that crap adds up over time. So. Yeah. yeah, so I'm thinking, like, this is this is how many it could handle if you're, like, if you've got the CPU pegged, you know, it's it's basically pushing the server as hard as it can. So I don't think it really means necessarily that if you were setting this up in production and you expect 25,000 concurrence that you'd want to have just 10 servers. Yeah, I'd also be curious to see, like, does the CPU level out at some point? Like, if you leave those 25,000 connections total over 10 boxes for like you know 20 minutes and they're not doing anything does the cpu drop it back down like is it just the the initial connection that's adding load there or what what's adding that load i'm curious yeah it comes down to like what are you doing with those connections right how much data is getting pushed and how much of it's duplicated versus if you serve the same query to all 25,000 users that's going to be different than if you serve 25,000 different queries to each user. Yeah. Uh, I think. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, because it'll it'll cache into the merge box, right? So, I mean, that's not the greatest real-world test, right? Because you're talking about maybe a blog or something is where you're going to be serving the same content to a bunch of users. So it'd be fun to see someone try, you know, use this in production with real-world usage. I think it's, it's still, like, one of the biggest questions i have and that users have uh, or prospective customers and prospective meteor users have about meteor is like will it scale (laughs) will scale to the highest levels and will it blend (laughs) (laughs) and you know it's like it's still like i I honestly tell people like we don't really have a whole lot of big examples yet so mixmax is really pushing the threshold a lot i know a little bit about what they're doing and it's pretty crazy 
yeah, they're, they're, they're basically forging new paths. And anyone who gets high usage is kind of in that scenario right now. There's not a whole lot of people to turn to, uh, though. I mean, this is great. I, I love what Aeronaut has done here because it's given us a, a way to it's a start, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, Stefan, uh, whole house brought up some interesting points in the comments as well. Like, you know, what, what happens when you throw Nginx into that mix and you let Nginx serve up the static files, like the CSS and the, the JavaScript and, you know, offload that from, from the, the cluster essentially. And then, you know, the other interesting thing is he's talking about doing, new algorithms. So because the servers are communicating back and forth with each other, they can know their load and then it can decide like, hey, this server is pretty loaded with with heavy users and it's under some traffic load. So let's route the traffic to maybe this other box. And so it'll it'll be able to like intelligently route your your traffic for you to a, a lesser used box, which is I don't know, that that could be pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean I, I do kind of like the idea that Meteor is being its own load balancer on one hand. On the other hand, I also wonder, you know, is that creating an extra responsibility for it that is, you know, it's like too many responsibilities. But it remains to be seen. I, I love the attempt. I love that it's another another angle to deal with scaling, you know. All right. Uh, query chain. Uh, this is another one of the packages that uh, popped up on my list this week and I thought was interesting. This just popped up this morning actually so i haven't even had a chance to use it but basically you're you're able to go in and say like query chain dot add the docs don't make it abundantly clear but it looks like it just stores basically the query chain that you want so like they got an example with comments here and then you give it the the mongo query that it's going to run so it's going to look for comments that are greater than zero you know uh, they've got another one that's that's called from Max, and then the query is just author is Max in quotation marks, and then you can chain them together. So you can say post dot find from Max with comments, and it's gonna find all the posts that Max wrote that have you know more than zero comments on them. I kind of miss this. This was a thing that Rails three added. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I always liked it because you're able to build those scopes. They called them in, in Rails land. And then you were able to chain them together and, and get the data that you wanted. And I love that. And uh, I miss it. So I'm kind of glad that they've they've added this. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I tried it. What was it? Arrel? Was it called A-R-E-L uh, with Rails? Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Active relation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's a test of my memory there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, this is... Um, it's anything that you can that can help you, your code be more readable without a comment and without lots of curly braces and semicolons is good to me. <laughs> so this is this is nice readable syntax. I'd love to see it take parameters too. Like rather than from Max, I'd love to see from author, and I just give it the you know the the author's name that I want to query against. I don't know if that's a doable thing. It's not in the not in the notes here, but. That could be interesting as well. Yep. Well, like this project is literally two days old. He's got six stars now, so check it out. Oh, I gave him one. He's got seven. <laughs> All right, seven stars. All right. <laughs> All right, I think I'm up next. Uh, Meteor Promise. Okay, yep. Our buddy Chicago Grooves, Dean, has built a, this is a package. Yes, yes, it's a package. With the idea that right now, like, and I've done this, I have uh, some code where I have Meteor calls that are nested because I need the callback from the previous call 
in the next, you know, in the next call. So what you end up doing is building this, this beautiful tree of nested meteor calls and that's kind of ugly and people will make fun of you if they see your code. So <laughs> that, that, that happened happen a lot <laughs> <laughs> on that time. It did. Yeah. Like what the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, no, but the promise meteor promise library basically lets us do something to the effect of like meteor promise, like method one, and then you can have a dot then and then call another method and then have a dot done and a dot fail. So if you, uh, if you understand JavaScript promises, it's all, it's all, it's following that pattern and, maybe just a better way of nesting your meteor calls. Does this return the promise to the client then too? He's talking about server methods. Yeah, good question. I thought I saw in here that it, it returns the jQuery promise to the client. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, you know, for me, that's a pain also is like when you when you do make a meteor method call from the client, like the meteor.call, it just returns nothing, right? Like you get you get nothing in response. And if you want, you have to like pass in a callback and it'll call that callback once the method finishes and fires. So it would be kind of nice if the if the client side got the promise and then you were able to do something on the promise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, did you actually look at the code for this too? I mean, he, it's like 12 lines of code. <laughs> so it's pretty cool how much uh, he, he packed into a, a very small number of lines of code. Or how little you actually have to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so again, I haven't tried this yet, but it's really just implementing kind of the, the, the promise idea. Yeah, this is pretty cool. As always, the, uh, the Chicago guys are, are on it. There's two stories from them this week. So they're... Uh, Quite the prolific user group up there. So next up is uh, Cucumber, JS, and Meteor, the why and the how of it. I wrote this article myself. I don't know, like Monday, I don't. I sat down, I, I just got, I got this new standing desk and I was sitting here like, what should I do now? And I needed to write a little bit of documentation on like how you test with Cucumber for a client. And then I just decided like, hey, let's just, I'm going to keep going and make it a whole blog post and... Like I looked up and it was lunchtime and I had like almost this whole thing written. So decided to go with it. But, you know, if you saw my talk on the same subject, it kind of covers some of the same things. But uh, this time I decided to go into Telescope and add tests into Telescope and try to get that working, uh, the Cucumber tests. And, you know, the key takeaway from this post is the reason you test Cucumber is because you want to make sure that the user sees the things on the screen that they need to see. You want to make sure that they have the user experience that they want. Yeah, I don't know. Like uh, like going into Telescope, if you don't put a- anything into either of the login fields and just hit login or, or uh, sign in, nothing happens. And that seems like a really bad user experience. There's no error. Nothing pops up. There's no spinner. There's nothing. Nothing happens. If you put in something in the username and something in the password and then hit sign in, then it'll pop in air. To me, that was a legitimate bug that I found in user accounts just by writing these tests. And I, th- I think that stuff's important. I think uh, I see Cucumber as the, the gateway drug into testing, right? Like it's at a high level, you can say, load this page, do these things, and then make sure I have this result on the page. Yep. I, and I agree. I, I mean, I, as you know, Josh, we've had several conversations about cucumber <laughs> over the past week 
it's really easy conceptually to figure out how to use Cucumber. The challenge is if you run into a weird bug, <laughs> uh, you're pretty much like, get on your computer with chat with uh, Sam and Josh uh, to, to resolve it because that, that there's no resources for how to troubleshoot, you know? Uh, true, <laughs> um, very true. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's the one downside. But the, on the positive side, both Josh and Sam are super responsive about this stuff because they want it to, to work. So, so I, yeah, I had some issues and got, got them resolved. Um, some fun stuff related to really not, I can't blame Polymer. It's something we're doing to make Polymer work to Meteor that was kind of crazy, but I think we got it resolved. So as soon as we did that, like literally the next day, uh, by the way, like, you know, we were using a session variable, you know, um, he's changed that to a reactive var. Um, Greg did, um, cause so- someone mentioned that would be better. So I bet you my tests don't work again and I got to figure out how to deal with that instead. You need CI, right? Like he, he would have broken the tests and you would have said, sorry, we can't merge your, your change till you fix the test, Greg. True. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I haven't merged that branch in yet. So I need to do that. <laughs> Get CI um, set up, man. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause the thing, I mean, the thing is like all I had was a simple, I mean, I couldn't even get a, well, I guess it was, it was testing that, that there was copy on the homepage. So technically it was a test. So yeah, I'll merge that in. We'll get that going, but definitely um, I'm trying to join the world of cucumber users and the more of us that join, the easier it will be to have a good knowledge base of how to get shit to work. <laughs> nice. Finally, we have the Meteor Chef. It's Ryan Glover in the real world with a, a second post on building a SaaS with Meteor. This is a, a another mega, mega long post. I really envy people that can <laughs> crank out blog posts this long. I just like scroll through them like, wow, that's a lot, a lot of work. So literally all the code you need to build a full app is in this, in the previous post. Yeah. I mean, he's basically taking you through um, integrating Stripe into a Meteor app, which is pretty important. If you want to do SaaS, you probably want to collect money. Uh, So you're not alone. You know, he's got some good sample code here to help you do that. I don't know if you've, have you spent any more time with this stuff, Josh? Uh, I haven't actually. I'm, I'm just kind of looking over it. I love like he's got this this uh, yellow box in the middle, and it says like a quick note. You know, he's talking about like a lot of it has to do with upgrading and downgrading, and like if they're already a customer, that kind of thing. He's got a note in here that says like you know potentially your UX might be wrong. Like you should tell a customer why they can't downgrade if they're not allowed to right now. But he doesn't. He doesn't go into how to fix it. He just notes that you need to. I love that. Yeah, I mean, otherwise the post would be five times longer, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seems seems plausible. Uh oh, Gerard's pointing Nerf guns at me here while we're on the air. That's not good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pulled back because of my coke can in front of the computer. That would have been pretty funny to <laughs> see my computers fizzle out on the air. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> So uh, besides Cucumber, were you guys up to anything interesting this week? I mean, it's not very interesting to Meteor. I basically took the role of salesperson for a week with UserCycle because uh, we're trying to do customer acquisition. And sometimes us old folk have to show the youngsters how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's extra stress. But no, I mean, uh, as far as Meteor goes, you know, we've just been cranking along. And but yeah, Cucumber is definitely one of the things. Anything else? Did I have any other big problems? All the other stuff was minor, easy stuff for me. We're getting into D3 a lot more, so that's, that's pretty fun. But again, not related to Meteor. So. Nice. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, I, but, but I have to mention real quick, like, um, 
my boy Rishi. So this would be like story number three from the Chicago uh, user group. He's done a little blog post about basically he's going to try to summarize what MDG is doing each week. So I promised him I'd mention him on the air today. Nice, so that's nice. My yeah, <laughs> he didn't make the cut because. Uh, you know, it, it like I, I've been, I'm trying to build these lists in the morning. So anything that comes in like Friday mm. after like 10 or 11 a.m. <laughs> doesn't make the yeah. cut. So didn't want to get through without saying his name. Or yeah, else I would have been lying to him. We'll discuss it uh, in depth next week, though. Like it's it's definitely going to be probably the first story because I I found it interesting. Like it seemed like it, it probably took him a lot of digging to get get all those those little yeah. updates. So. Yep, I appreciate it. Did you do anything cool? We didn't, I didn't ask you. Reciprocate anything besides cucumber that you did this week? No, it's mostly <laughs> cucumber. That's what I'm doing for the the client I'm working with as well. So it's like blog post and <laughs> client work is all around cucumber right now. But my grandfather passed away on Wednesday night, so it's been kind of a hectic week these last couple of days. So I uh, haven't had a lot of a lot of free time. I did do last night. Uh, late last night, I did. Uh, I did my Cordova talk again, and that was kind of interesting. I was able to get it done in 51 minutes or something like that, so that was interesting. I feel like I need to go back and refactor that whole thing now, but, you know, we we built an entire Cordova app in 50 minutes, so. That's pretty awesome. Yep. yep. All right, so real quick, uh, the patrons this week, I'm actually logged in ahead of time, so that's good. Dennis H. Uh, Mitchell W., I think that's it. So we we added two more people. Chat room's getting quite busy in there. And if you're interested, just go to patreon.com slash meteor club and you can sign up there, help support the podcast and crater. And, you know, if you do the uh, the $10 reward, then, then you get into the chat room and stuff. And it's a, a lot of cool stuff going on in there. And then the, the two sponsors, Modulus and Compose, you'll hear the, the ads on the on the front of the podcast. But check those guys out and support them. Uh, they do an awesome job of helping us support the show here. So actually have a, a podcast editor this week. So maybe it'll sound good. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Get some better reviews on iTunes. By the way, go do your review, please. If you're going to give us a four or five, please go review us. <laughs> no two stars. Yeah, I don't. No the podcast editor won't help with the content, just the quality of the sound. <laughs> hey, everything counts. Yeah. Everything matters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Tune in next week. We'll be here same time. See ya.